talk briefly about a, a subject that I've titled from leakages to overflow. From leakages. From leakages. You know, from last week was famine. Today is leakages. Which means that it's not that you are empty. But just that the one that you have, that you are topping up, they are leakages. So I don't know, Joel, if you can get me like a pot that has some holes, but there's water in it and, you know, and I tell you that that is one of the things that as believers is fighting us. Many a times we get so much, so much come to us, but because there's so much that is leaving us, we tend to, it's almost like we are always at the same place, but it is never true. It's like, you know, you have a bank account, you get 2,000, then you spend 1,000 on this, you spend 500 on this, you, spend, you see the leakages are so many. So it's not like money is not entering. Money is actually entering, but because the leakages are so many, it's always a balance of either zero or a negative. Amen. But today we want to seal some of those leakages. Seal some. Of, sometimes it is not always having more, but it's being able to contain what you have so that any addition that comes on top is a blessing. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. I want a one that there's water you know, coming out of it. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. And I want you to help me too with the scriptures. I'll read only two scriptures. Then uh, we read. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. And I want to encourage all of us that anytime you come to the house of God, you know, be an active person. When you come to the house of God, get a notebook like Reverend advised us. If you are using your iPad, make notes. You know, be very, very active. Don't be here and your, your mind and your spirit is somebody, somewhere else. No. Every part of your body should be here. Once you are here, benefit fully from everything that is being taught. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. The Bible says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. That is one. So two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of the living waters, and healed themselves. Well, the TVC are not working. And healed themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Can you get me the message one, the message version? For my people have committed a compound sin. You know, if you did, if you did uh, some little, is it mass or? They said compound interest. You know, so it's like every year is compounded. So the Bible says that two, the people have committed compound sin. They have worked out on me. They have worked out on me. The fountain of fresh flowing waters. And then I'm waiting. Dark cisterns that leak cisterns that know better than sieves. Amen. So it's basically the cistern is like a it's like, you know, that uh, pot, but has holes. So what he's saying is that they think that they are achieving much. But what they are actually doing for themselves is that they've gone for a container that, that has a lot of holes around it. And because of the holes that are around it, they are topping up, but it is not amounting to much. Amen. So you want to ask yourself that, what are some of the things that I do or what are some of the things in my life that are causing leakages? Amen. 
So that's what we are going to look at. And I want us to look at the story of a very famous, famous person in the Bible. We've read it several times and you want to read it. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. The story of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. Amen. Amen. I cannot hear you. Amen. The Bible says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, the Bible says, Then and he arose, and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Amen. So we are going to take our time and just look at this story. And, you know, surprisingly, Jesus never, we don't know who this prodigal son is. But let's take it that it's person A. Amen. <laughs> and he was living a very comfortable life. Because the Bible makes us understand that the father had servants in the house. You know, nowadays you had, especially in this part of the world, you hardly go to a house to find servants in the house. In the house, you go in the UK and you find servants, then it's, it's might either a castle or a very rich, you know. Everybody does things for themselves. We cook for ourselves. We drive ourselves. We take our children to school. We do everything ourselves. So for there to be a servant in the house, that means that the man was a rich man. Amen. So which means that the, the son, who was the second one, was actually not in need. So we take it that at that level, he had a, 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 a pot or a container that is full. But he made certain decisions that started punching holes around that pot that he had. And those are the things that we are going to look at. Amen. You know, when we were in the Sunday school, our teachers always used to tell us that the son was a very bad son. Why? Because he went to his father and asked his father to give me the possession of goods that belong to me. But after going through the scriptures over and over, 
I think that that part of the scripture alone does not make him bad. What is wrong with you going to your father and asking your father, like, you, what is wrong with you going to, yes, this is a very good picture. What is wrong with you going to God and asking God, oh God, I need healing. What is wrong with you going to God and say, God, I need fever. What is wrong with you going to God, I need a breakthrough. I don't think there is actually anything wrong with him going. Because if you read Bible commentary, the Bible makes us understand that most times it's when the man is dying or has, when the man is dying that he will tell the sons. And actually the first son will have two. The first son will have one because he's the first son and the second one as a son. So if there are two, the, the first son will have two thirds. And the, the last son, the prodigal son will have one third. So going to his father and asking his father for a blessing, asking his father for a breakthrough, in itself is not a wrong thing. But it is the decision that he took after that makes whatever he did wrong. Amen. And the Bible says that, verse 13, so after the father gave it to him, verse 13, and this are, we are going to look at the, 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 the leakages, the first leakage. He said, and not many days after, the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The first leakage is that he left too early. He left too early. You know, there are certain places that we find ourselves that because of the protection, because of the hedge, and because of a certain kind of provision that comes to us, we think that it is because of our effort that we are enjoying a certain kind of blessing. But sometimes it is where you find yourself. Sometimes it's the covering that you find yourself that you enjoy certain kinds of blessing. So sometimes be, be very careful when you begin to attribute things to yourself. Oh, it's because of what, it is because of my, my, my effort that I am blessed. No. Sometimes maybe you, you might be, and let me talk to the teenagers, sometimes you have been in the house with your father and your father is paying all the bills. You get it? You don't pay anything. You go to school, you are giving money. And because of that, you're able to save a lot. So you say that, oh, me, I'm, I have money. You're making a big mistake. Because you've not counted the cost. The, the, the council tax. Uh, <laughs> water bill, light bill, uh, uh, the gas, electricity. Yes, you see, they are talking, they are mentioning the bills. <laughs> Amen. So, sometimes, we should, be, we should not be quick to leave. Our first leakage is leaving too early. Don't leave the presence of God too early. Some of us, we, we, we can't even wait. Our quiet time is two minutes. We, we don't have time. We have time for all other things. But we leave. You know, if you are doing a, 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 a six-year, David, yesterday I met a, a lady that is doing your course. She says she will come. Amen. And you are doing medicine. It's six years or five years? Five. Yeah. And in the third year, you leave. Are you a, are you a medical doctor? No. no. So you see that you leaving has actually disqualified the effort you've put all these years. You get it? Maybe in your life, you might have somebody who is actually sort of a mentor to you, a father figure to you, a mother figure to you. 
suddenly because of one or two things that you have, you decided to leave. And you know, sometimes the living is not only physical living. Let's not take it like that. Sometimes we live mentally. Everything the person says, you don't listen. You have left. And it's not a good thing. Amen. Because, you know, our fathers, our mentors, our mothers, they do three things for us. One, they insulate us. How do they insulate us? Most of the things that would have come to us, they take it. So, it's like, for instance, all the bills that you would have paid in the house, your father is taking it fully. You don't even see it. And you are going around eating every food. You think it's easy. <laughs> Am I speaking to someone? <laughs> Amen. Secondly, our fathers, our mentors, our mothers, they inform us. They inform us. They inform us. You know, if you read Proverbs chapter 31, the start of it, he says that the Lord, that I think the King James Version said that the law that the mother gave to him. You know, something you'll be like, ah, so what is that law? You get the King James. The words of King Lebo, the prophecy that his mother taught him. You know, sometimes the words that your father, our mother, our parents, our pastors will be telling us, they are prophecies. So. Just that they did not say that, oh, that says the Lord. You think that it is not from God. That simple thing that, oh, if you have this friend, this will be your end. It's a prophecy. Don't, don't have such and such company. It's a prophecy. So is it that they give us certain kind of information that you cannot get from other sources and you have left too early because you think that you have, you know, in the case of the prodigal son, he had so many, you know, the father gave him one third of all the things. He gathered them. He was going. But he did not even know how to manage it. You get it. And the third one that our fathers do for us that they inspire us. So the first mistake that the prodigal son, the first leakage that we have to avoid in our life is try not to live early. Amen. And the second one, so you see that we are, we are going to the scripture. All of us are going to the scripture. The Bible says, verse 13 of Luke chapter 15, the Bible says, and not many days after, the young son gathered all, journeyed to a far country. So he took too much. That's the second one. He took too much. He took too much. All the things that the father gave. He could have said, that, oh, let me just leave some of the sheep or the goat or the cattle here and just let me go and see so that in case when I go and it doesn't work, I'll come for it. He took everything. He sold all and took the money and he left. Is it not surprising that when it comes to the things of God, we come half-hearted? But when it comes to the things of the world, it's like our everything is in it. Probably when he was in the, it's not written in the scriptures, but when he was in the house, when he was in his father's house, his father would tell, do this, you will not do. Do this, you will not do. But suddenly, because it is his project, his personal project, he, he took everything. And he, he went. He took too much. He took too much. If there's anything that you are supposed to take too much, it's supposed to be the right things. Amen. And the third one is that he went too far. He went too far. He went too far. He went too far. The Bible says, and not many days, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. He went too far. This is also a leakage. You are going too far. Now we have to ask ourselves that what will make such a rich man's son decide to go too far? 
Because it's not, it, I don't think it's about going to start a business. Because your father is a rich man doing good business. So all the training that you need, you can be able to get it. So what do you think will be the motive for the prodigal son to go too far? I believe that he went this far because he wanted a life without instruction. And that is one of our problems. You know, I, I, I want to manage my life. I don't want anybody to control my life. I don't want anybody to be telling me things what to do. I am 18. The law says that if you are 18, you can vote. And because you can vote, you can make decisions. So, too far. Am I speaking to somebody? Don't go too far. Don't go too far. Don't go too far. Tell the person sitting next to you, don't go too far. Amen. So he wanted a life without instruction. Are we living a life with instructions or a life without instructions? Where do we get instructions at all? We get instructions from the word of God. You get it? Once you read your Bible, there are certain instructions that God gives to you. Subtly. Subtly. If you read it, there are instructions. There are instructions. There are instructions. You read someone. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the God. It's an instruction. It's not, it's not, we've, we've not put it on your face that obey, but it's an instruction that if you follow, it is good for you. Say that, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the unscorn. It is an instruction. You can decide to follow or not to follow. But you following will bring you closer to a certain level of blessing, a certain level of breakthrough, a certain level of communion with the things of God. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 15, he said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask the detail, you shall have, it's an instruction. So you see that another word, for, another name for the Bible is a book of instruction. It's a book of prophecy, it's a book of miracle, but today we are talking about a book of instruction. So you see that, that's why I am not a fan of people that say, that, oh, I have gone through the Bible, every year I go through the Bible three years. Uh, three times. I don't have a problem with you going to the Bible three times, but how many of those three times going to the Bible is in you now, as you are talking? You get it? So like somebody says, oh, you're quite a, what did you do for a quite a, oh, I read three chapters. Wow. You read three chapters. Fantastic. How much of the three chapters of that day is it going through you? So, I would love that, even if it's a, a verse, two verses, three verses, that you are actually soaking, 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 so that when we, we sort of we squeeze you, John chapter 1 verse 1 will come. It's good. Don't be in a hurry to learn so much. It's like we are the generation of information where information abounds. So it's like we, we get so much information from different sources. It's good. But make use of the letter that you have. Make use. Make use. Make use. You know, sometimes you don't need so much. Just that one thing. One thing. If it really enters, you'll be surprised what you can do with it. But sometimes you have so much of, uh, little of everything, but none of them is really benefiting us. You get it? Yeah. So maybe if you get a good book and you are reading, try and make sure that the book is entered you. Don't, don't just go through the book, but let the book also go through you. You get it? As you are reading the Bible, let the Bible go through you. 
don't let it go through you. Amen. And actually, you know, when Jesus said, when the centurion went to Jesus, he said that I am a man under authority, and because of that, I have authority. The, the centurion, who was not even a believer, knew the essence of staying close, knew the essence of not going too far. And because of that thing that Jesus, because of that thing that he said, Jesus knew that no, this man has a different kind of spirit. And Jesus decided to attend to him because Jesus himself was is under authority. Because he says that what I see my father do, that what I do. So if you have gone very far, in the first place, there is no communication. Because I don't think when Jesus said this story, there was WhatsApp. So there was no communication at all. There was no internet. There's no facts. You've gone too far. How do you hear what your father is saying? You know, so sometimes some of us, we've gone very far. God is speaking. It's not that God is not saying anything. God is saying it. But because our antenna is not close, we are not hearing. Amen. I'll give you an example. You know, some, some of us, we follow a lot of people on, let's say, Facebook or the young ones use Instagram and everything. Let's say, because of that, you are, let's say, it's a model that dress with all these stuff. So it's like the person is influencing you. Indirectly, you are not seeing it. But when the person does something, they say, I will unfollow the person. You see that because of you unfollowing the person, gradually the influence that the person has of your life has left. You get it? Which can be a good thing. But which of the good things are you supposed to follow that you've unfollowed? That's, that's, that's a good question you have to ask yourself. So if there is a good thing in your life that you are supposed to follow, that you've unfollowed, then today... I want you to go back to it. Amen. But, you see, the far country too is not just a location, but it can also be a state of mind. The far country. You see, the Bible said that the, the prodigal son went to a far country, but it can also be a state of mind. What, when it becomes a state of mind, it means that you are sitting here, but actually you are not here. You are in a very far country. You see, you must always be in the place that you can be blessed. You get me? If you are here and the message is going on, make sure that you are, you are absorbing it, you are enjoying from it. Don't be like the prodigal son and go to a very far country. Because once you are in a far country, there is no much benefit of it to you. It's like you are in UK now. Whatever the benefits that people in France are benefiting, you don't benefit. You are not there. So it will be very suicidal that you are here and you are thinking of France. You are not benefiting from UK. You are also not benefiting from France. Far country. And that one too is a leakage. So you see that gradually that one too is sapping that little strength, that little anointing, that little grace that you have. That one too is going. Amen. And the next one. So we've looked at three things. He left too early. He took too much. And the third one is what? Well, I cannot hear you. The fourth one is that he spent too much. He spent too much. The Bible said, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Spent too much. 
He spent too much. He spent too much. He spent too much. He spent too much. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. You see, this particular one, I, the Bible says when he had spent all, then there was famine. Could it be that that one is, that, that's case one, that he spent all and there was famine? Or case two is that there was actually famine, but because he had abundance, he did not feel it. And that's the case that I, I tilt towards, which makes more sense to me. It's like you being in a place like this, and there's electricity here. And because there's electricity here, you think that there's electricity everywhere. You go out, there's no electricity. So you say that, oh, now there's no electricity. No, there's not been actual electricity everywhere. But because of the sort of environment you found yourself, you now see that there's no electricity. What am I trying to say? You see, what it is is that sometimes when you go to a very far country, it does not become very obvious too quick to you because you still have a deposit of the good things you had before. So it's like you still have them in you, and it's like, that's when you begin to say, oh, but nothing has changed. That's when people tell you, oh, but what's happening? Oh, nothing has changed. Because actually, the deposit of the good things is still there. It's like, you doing barbecue, there is fire, and it's like, there, you've, you've tried to quench it, but there's still some heat. You know, you get it. <laughs> so sometimes, as you are drying up, you don't see it because still, you're able to do the things you want to do. Oh, I still pray. I still read my Bible. But the intensity and the passion to which you do it is gradually diminishing. 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 So after he had spent all, then he began to see that there was famine. Because the land that he went to was not a good land. But because he went with his goodies, he went with his properties, he went with money. It's like going to where any, you know, okay, any, this church is a very multicultural church, international church. So we have people from all over. So let's say you've gone to Nigeria, today I'm on Nigeria. If you, are, if you are from UK and you go to Nigeria, from, what do they call you? In Ghana, they call you Boga, but I don't know what they call you in. What do they call you if you are, you are here, you have money and go to Nigeria? From a foreign land and you come, or oh, there's no name. Oh, a guy is for everybody, oh? Akateria. Okay. Powerful. David has not done. <laughs> Amen. So you see, you get to you get to Nigeria, and the people are complaining. Hey, the economy is hard, though. You don't feel it because you've come with pounds. There's still a lot of ice on you. But you are going to be there for one year. And the money that you have to it can only take you to about two months, plus or minus. So when you go. You, you like you go, your parents say, Oh, come and stay with us. No, 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 no. I want to be in a hotel. <laughs> then you're in a five star hotel in Lekki, you know, the other side of Lagos. Very nice place. You, are, you enjoy life, eating good meal. Then your money is draining. But you see, you don't see it though. <laughs> yeah. You've rented some Lamborghini and you are driving on the streets of whilst you can easily take an Uber and be free. You are not doing it. Then gradually you go, you see that the zeros has gradually been reducing. 
Then you start to adjust. That's what happened to the prodigal son. It's never that there was no famine, and it's like so. I say that just when you your money finished, then the famine came. Hey, he spent too much. He spent too much. Amen. The next one is that he stayed too long. He stayed too long. He stayed too long. He stayed too long. You see, one of the things that people that go to Caribbean and the, you know, sometimes when they go and they are spending, they have the intention that even if when my money finish, I have my return flight. So they, they, you know, they, they spend, they don't think about a lot of things because there's a return flight. Because your ticket is in and out. So even if, even if I, 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 I'm hit on the wall, I'm not buying flights. I just need to get a car to the airport, passport, then I'm back. But if there's no return flight and you've spent all your money, you've stayed too long. That's why now suddenly you, you begin to adjust and you begin to speak the language of the people there. You say that life is hard. Mm-hmm. He stayed too long. You know, some of us, and what are some of the things that will cause us to stay too long? Pride. Why should I go back? And if I go back, what am I going to say? Because at some point, you see that the thing is not working. Let me make a U-turn. Some of us, we stay too long in apologizing. Hey, this thing there. Sometimes when you are staying, you are saying, you think that uh, apology is simple to do. Or I'm I'm speaking for myself. The way people tell you. Sometimes you you, you really want, you you just don't want to apologize. Don't stay too long in apology. Actually, if you've started something and you see that the thing is not working, it's, it's, it's never a bad thing to just make a routine. It's always good. You know, because sometimes when you stay too long, the damages become too much. But if you, you are able to make a U-turn early, sometimes you're able to recover. You recover quick. You get it? Don't stay too long. Don't stay too long. Don't stay too long. If you're, that the way you were fellowshipping with God, you were reading your Bible, you're doing things, you've changed and you are very far, you're going to a very far country, it's enough, come back. Don't stay too long. Because a time will come that you will not even have the appetite. The appetite. To even say that. That's why you, be, you, you begin to become a philosopher, giving all forms of reasons why you're not supposed to. Don't stay too long. Don't stay too long. There are actually some things that you can stay too long on. You can tarry in prayer for long. It's good. You can tarry Bible study for long. It's good. You can tarry if you're a student, you read your books. It's good. But there are certain things you should not stay too long. We are organizing a party. You Maybe you go there. Then you begin to see that the, the face of the party is changing. Don't stay too long. Yeah, because the more you stay, the more they, you know, because you went there, said, be what this party I'm going, I'm just going to take a certain kind of drink. Then as you are there, because of the pressure of the people around, say, okay, let me just take one, two, let me take. They see that gradually you are you are changing. You and you know, there are some people that really know how to take alcohol. They are good. 
they can take and still they'll be able to compose themselves. You, you are a novice. You don't know anything. So you've taken one, two. Make a U-turn and leave. Don't stay too long. Because sometimes you do it one, two. Oh, I was able to do it. The next time, oh, now you become a master. Amen. And the last one is that he stooped too low. 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 Verse 14 says that, verse 14 of Luke chapter 15. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Verse 16. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. You see, because of how far he had gone and because of how long he had stayed, he had no option but to stoop low. How did he stoop low? The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 80, that the Jews swine or pig is an unclean thing. So he has gone too low, too, too low, that he is the one feeding them. And the Bible says in verse 8, 16, that, and he would gladly have filled his stomach, he filled his stomach with the pus that is. So he's not just feeding them, but he's eating the food that the pigs were eating. You see how far certain decisions can take us. And on top of it, too, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. I've always been asking myself, so who is that citizen? Of that, and why is it citizen like one of that country? Why is that? Is it that the, that citizen is the country, and the country is the city? I don't know because they are citizens. Because I believe that with his money, he spent it with people. So by now, he still have some acquaintances here, and they, even though you know some people come around because of the money, but now that there's no money, they are off. So maybe this guy is the, the only lawyer person around. So the citizen of that country. But you see, the Bible says that and the citizen of that country took him to a field, his field. His field. The citizen of that country's field, not the guy's field. And uh, you see, there are certain fields that when you go, irrespective of how qualified and talented you are, you, you will not succeed. You will not succeed. It's like, you know, those of us that like football, it's like Cristiano Ronaldo, you are telling Cristiano Ronaldo to be a goalkeeper. He's a striker. You want him to be a goalkeeper. Or better still, let me put it this way so that everybody will understand. If the person plays football, and you say that the person is the best footballer in the world, and you've changed his field, because there's a particular kind of field that when he's on, he's the best. You've changed his field to be a tennis player. See? That's what the enemy begins to do. So he changes where you are able to operate well and put you on a field that you are not able to operate well. And suddenly, he, he, he totally collapses you. I don't know if you are getting what I'm trying to say. Which is very important. The citizen of the country took him to his field. And in that field, there is wine. And you see, if 
He is feeding swine. At least it's a job. Is it not a job? At least they will pay him. So why is it that he's working and he's still feeding on the food of the swine? That means he was not being paid for that job he was doing. And that's, 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 that's how we keep the enemies. You see, yesterday, Reverend Goliath was saying that sometimes we blame the enemy too much because the enemy is doing his work. Instead of us to do our work, we are complaining that why is the enemy doing his work? And we know that the enemy came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his job mandate. That is his job description. You go, you know, he is, his is to steal, his is to kill, his to, he is doing it. And we are supposed to do the casting and to pray and to, we are not doing our bit and we are complaining the enemy. So are we allowing the enemy to determine the field for us? There are certain fields that if you and I find ourselves, we can never pray. We cannot pray. We can never. Because the field is not, you know, sometimes just a change of geographical location, you see that suddenly everything changes. I don't know if you realize it. Yeah, because sometimes somebody is determining the field, the field of operation. Somebody is determining where somebody is making the rules. And you are supposed to go by those rules. You can never ever win in such a case. When the enemy came to Jesus in John chapter 4, he was always trying to determine the rule for the game. Jesus never allowed him. Even though he came and said, oh, if you do this, I'll give you that. If you do this, I'll give you that. If you give. He was trying to give the rules for the game, the field to which we operate. Jesus said, no, I will not oblige to this. So the Bible says there's a way that cement writes to man. But the end of it, which field, which, who is determining the pace of this thing that we are doing? Which field of operation is that? Don't allow any citizen of any country. But that one is in quotes. That could be your friend. That could be a movie. You know, now we are being influenced by all sorts of things. Different fields. So it's like our life is just going this way. Based on what is trending or whatever. You get it. But I, I think that as believers, there's a particular field that we are supposed to dwell on. Dwell on. You know, it, it might look very archaic, very old, but I tell you that there's no proper way than the field of the scriptures. I, tell, I, don't, I don't think there's any proper, because if you realize now, it's like, they will tell us today, this is what is happening. Then tomorrow they will say that, oh, actually, if you do, the, even with exercise, say that, oh, if you do this, it's good. Then tomorrow they'll come and tell us that there's, they say, if you eat this food, it's, it's a protein. If you eat it, tomorrow they will tell us it's that. It's like, I don't know. That's why I made that scene that soon initially that he would never change. His, his, his ways is always the same. His, his marking still is like that. It goes like that. You either try to beat it or he will not bring his law to make you feel good. God does not do that. He would never do that. His principles are always the same. And he's always going by that. So it's up to you and I to work and decide that we are going to be on the Lord's side. We are going to do what God does. We are going to operate on the field of the end, on, on the field with God. There are certain fields that tell you that just because you are there, you are weak. It's not that you are not prayerful, or it's not that you are not you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, but because of the environment, 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 and that you tell environment is very very important. 
our environment where we find ourselves is very, there's an environment that the leakages are too much. There are some environment of certain conversations that the leakages are too much. There are some environment of friendship that the leakages are too much. There's an environment of even some of the way we think that the leakages are too much. That's why the Bible says be transformed by what? The redeeming of your mind. Because if there's, that, there's not that transformation of the field, haven't you gone to some people, actually what you are saying is very positive, but their interpretation of it is totally negative. Amen. So those are the six things that they will cause leakage. So let's go through it. The first one is what? Oh, I cannot hear you. The second one? The third one? The fourth one? The fifth one? And the sixth one? So let's just quickly look at the pathway for his restoration. The pathway. Because if we leave it here, I don't think it's a good thing. Let's just in some few minutes look at the pathway for him coming back. And I believe that that is the good part. That's, one, that's why the prodigal son is one of my best stories, one of my best stories in the Bible, even though his name is not mentioned. Because the good thing is that he did not let the story end there. And I believe that that's such a powerful thing for all of us, that we don't allow the story to end at where it is currently. It can be changed. Amen. Okay, so let's continue. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? So the pathway, the first one is that realization. Hey, realization. No, sometimes the problem we have is that we've not realized the situation we find ourselves Suddenly, the prodigal son began to realize that where I am is not a good place. Where I am is not a good place. He came to himself. He came to himself. It might take you being in a very bad place for you to come to yourself. It doesn't matter. But just come to yourself. That's why I have problem with people who say that, oh, don't, you, you, should, you, should not, you should not go to God for what he can do for you. Hey, what are you talking about? Sometimes you have to come to God for what he can do for you. Yes. He said, I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I'm the miracle working God. Sometimes we need to come to God for that. We need to. Let's, oh, you know, sometimes we say that, oh, let's not uh, what he can do for us, but what he can do. Yes. How much can you do for God? So sometimes it will take that for you to come. Because if you are in such a mess, you need him to work on you, not you to work. What can you do for God in that mess? You get it? So, whatever state, look at all the people that came to Jesus. That Jesus did miracle. How many of them were in a right state when they came to Jesus? Just mention one. And Jesus himself said that, if you, if you, if you, are, if you are, he would you don't need a doctor. So the, so the people that blind but miles, the woman with the issue of blood, all the, all the people that were coming to Jesus were people that were coming with issues. So if you are coming to God, with, to Jesus with issues, it's, you know, it's not a new thing. But you must realize that I can't do this by myself. I can't. I can't. I can't. 
exactly. And it will take a lot of humility. Yeah, it will. It will take a lot of Sometimes you just need to go to your father or mother and beg. Just, just say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You need to go to your husband or your wife and just beg. Sometimes you need to, you need to, you need to come to that place. We are true. Some of us are, not all of us, but some of us can. Sometimes we can be a little bit high-minded of ourselves. Yeah. The prodigal son came to himself. Then he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish in hunger? So there was a lot of bread in the father's house. What does bread represent? Bread represents, you know, the, the, the Jesus, the, the Lord's prayer said that, and give us this day our daily bread. So bread represents provision. So there was a lot of provision in the father's house. Bread represents the body of Christ. Bread represents healing. All of these were in the father's house and he was feeding on swine food. He just took that level of humility that there is a better place for me. I just need to realize that and go. Sometimes it might take a sober reflection. A sober, you sit down. You sit down. You know, one thing I feel like, sometimes we compare our life, the totality of our life, to just one indicator in somebody's life. They don't get it. So it's like, you have issues, like you have issues. Then you see your friend who maybe, let's say, has gotten a very good job. And you are just comparing your whole life to your friend's just good job. But you don't know the mess that he's carrying, that he's hiding. No, no, never do that. Me, I don't like comparison. Until I know all the indicators, I will never compare. Because it's not fair. And most times you compare our worst to somebody's best. Which is, which is also not very good. You say, oh, BGN, whatever I try, it doesn't work. This guy, whatever he tries to work. How many of the things are you talking about? So come to that realization. Amen. The second one, he said, I shall arise. Reaction. Reaction. He began to react. React. I shall arise. I will arise. I will arise. I will arise. You and I have to arise. You and I have to arise. Something that you are doing so well that now it has so much left you. You have to arise. You have to arise. You have to arise. All of us as a church need to arise. We need to arise. So the, the prayer said that I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. The third one, I will trace. Hey, I'll go back. It's not everything that going back is good, but sometimes I have to go back. So he realized, he reacted, and he retreated. And the fourth one is that he recognized his father. He recognized. He recognized. First one is realization. Second one is reaction. Third one is retreated. Fourth one is recognition. You know, sometimes we might be with a very good thing, but we don't recognize it. We don't recognize it. We don't give it that due recognition until it leaves us. Or better still, until we come into contact with something that is so terrible, then we begin to realize that actually I was with a good thing. And, and, and actually that realization could be your wife, your husband, your mother, your father, your friend, your pastor, your church, your school, that privilege, that opportunity that you have, we take a lot of things for granted. 
You don't need to get very far and begin to see that, oh, this thing was good for me. Let's honor the things in our lives. Let's, let's honor them. You know, some of us come from certain places that we, we do honor the dead more. More, 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 more. The things you can do for the dead. Hey, you go and paint the dead man's house. You, we, will, we will put the dead man in the, the corpse in the, what, what are the cars that they use? What is it called? Huh? What is it called? Yes. The person who was on it never used a car as, no, 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 close, no. The person was just using some stuff and walking and no, he never came. Yeah. See, that's how the people will be flying from all over the world. Let's recognize. And I believe that if we begin to recognize, because if the prodigal son had recognized that, hey, my father was doing so much for me, oh. my father was actually blessing me, my father was actually sacrificing a lot for me. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have done that. And the last one is that he returned. I think that's the best part of it. He returned. You know, sometimes we make all these decisions in our head, but we would never take the step. We are so, it's like we are sorry for ourselves. We've done all the, we've gone through all the stages, but we would never take the physical act of going back. Because, you see, the Bible said that he told himself that when I go to my father, I will tell my father that I am not even worthy to be called your son. I'm not even worthy to be called your servant because I've done this, that, 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 that. That was the first part when he was by himself. But most of us leave it there. We, we say to ourselves, we don't. It's like, we'll be there. You know that what you've done in the house is so terrible. You are supposed to apologize. You know, apologize. Before your wife comes, you yourself, you've You've, you've apologized to yourself and said that when my wife comes, I will apologize. The wife has come. In the bed, east coast to west coast. Opening your mouth to apologize is a very difficult thing. <laughs> Sometimes you'll be like, I'm, anyway, this time says me, so don't worry. I'm going, I will not touch. Sometimes I do it the whole night, the following day. So you can apologize. God have mercy on all of us. <laughs> Amen. Making a decision of repentance is not enough, but truly repenting. Truly, 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 truly. The father was waiting for him. The father was waiting for him. And the prodigal son went back. I believe that all of us have something in our life that we need to return to. All of us have something in our life that we have to begin to recognize. We have to begin to sit down and do a lot of introspection into our life. You know, there's a lot of chaos around us. Some, every time there's something that, yes, we are listening, it's like there's no time of silence that you are recognizing that, oh, let me sit back and just, at least even the people around me, my family, let me see how important each and every one of them is to my life. And even say nice things. You know, that one too is a cultural thing. You know, some of the cultures, we, we hardly say nice things to anybody. We will not even say it to the person. We say it to people, but we will not say it to the person. We never tell the person that I appreciate you in my life. But I believe that after today, we are going to do it. God bless us. Let's be on our feet.